Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 113 of Sack King's Therapy, or in this case, it will be Timberwolves Therapy. Um, this will be this episode is going to be called. I am your podcast host Owen, of course, and with me, the very scary and very let's just say busy Fong. And yeah, here he is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Back and, again. And the reason why I say busy fall was I was planning on recording this on a Saturday or, you know, just someday on the weekend when my schedule kind of opens up. Um, but he texted me last night and just said, all right, I ain't got time for you. Uh, let's do this tomorrow. And I'm like, OK. And basically, <laughs> I've said he's on the Brock Lesnar uh, schedule. Well, he well, he basically pulled a Brock Lesnar. He just came back out of nowhere and said, I want the championship my time. And unfortunately, fortunately, at least he's not crazy enough to bring me to Saudi Arabia, but he's just about getting to that getting on that power trip. So let's hope uh, he calms down. Um, I'm talking like he's not here, but yeah. Um, so we are recording this on a Friday instead. And um, as for King's news, there isn't that much, although we will get into some uh, King's news and how our main topic today, the Timberwolves firing uh Gerson Rosas, how it actually kind of relates to the Kings, weirdly enough. So, yeah, um, before we get into it, Fong, I have a question for you. Uh, big dogs or small dogs? Ooh, wait, actual <laughs> dogs? <laughs> yes, yes, actual dogs. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a small. So am I. I'm a small dog guy. I do love me a husky. I don't want to own one, though. Okay, well, that uh, that question out of the way, let's get started. Uh, so, our main topic for today's episode, Gerson Rosas was fired from his uh, president of basketball, oper bra basketball operations. Jesus, I'll be my words this early already. But he was basically fired out of nowhere, and like a week before training camp starts. So that basically... You know, kind of drowned out a bit of the a bit of the Simmons news, although the Simmons news is still very prominent because Timberwolves are a um, are a team that is you know thirsting for Ben Simmons right now. But he was fired out of nowhere, and Carl Anthony Towns basically just tweeted out, "What the fuck?" Which boy, that does not bode well for that situation. But an article came out uh, very short, I think only a few hours after the firing, and apparently. The situation behind the scenes had been very bad, and it was building to this. And we'll get into some of the reasons and what will probably actually be the actual reason that he was fired. But uh, let's start with someone who was kind of who was kind of linked to the Kings, just to kind of keep the um, you know Sacramento Kings kind of involved in this episode. Sashin Gupta, you remember him, Fong? Yeah, actually, actually vaguely remember him uh, right uh, around the time when. Uh... Oh wow, it, it, it has been a while, huh? So, yeah. for, well, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh no, 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 keep on going. Well, for those of you that don't remember who Sashin Gupta is, Sashin Gupta, I believe, is assistant general manager or general manager. I don't remember what his position is on the Timberwolves, but uh, when the Kings were looking for a general manager last year, he was one of the finalists, and he was the guy that created the uh, the MB the ESPN trade machine and as as very important that has to be mentioned he went to mit now of course i forgot to mention that monty mcnair went to princeton which is just as good i think right 
but yeah <laughs> you know gupta did go to mit is a very is a very analytics heavy guy and was actually kind of the front runner for for much of the process until kind of Monty just took the job um so there apparently had been a lot of tension building up between Rosas and Gupta uh, up to the firing. So the first, the main thing that happened that caused all the tension was Gupta wanted to join the Rockets in, I believe it was either August or July. Uh, and during that time, um, Rosas basically blocked that deal. He did not let him go to the Rockets. And apparently, and this might not be that important, but it was a lateral move. It, he wasn't getting a pro promotion or wasn't going to be like, it wasn't a promotion, but he was going to get increased pay. But Rosas blocked that move, like straight up said, I'm not going to let you go because they were deep into their draft process and they wanted to, he basically didn't want Gupta to go over to the Rockets with all their intel, essentially, and just block the move. Now, that understandably caused a lot of tension uh, between the two parties, and it got so bad that, <laughs> that um, in, let's see, did I write it down here? Okay, it, it didn't say what month, but like later on during the offseason, he banned, uh, Rosas, I mean, banned Gupta from actually going into Timberwolves' offices was how bad it got. And he just straight up told him, apparently, to just just go find another job. After, you know, a month after he blocked him from going to the Rockets. So, yeah, great relationship there. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean... Uh, I don't know how I would feel if I were a Timberwolves fan, but... Doesn't sound too great, let's just say. Yeah, cause, yeah, Rosas definitely comes off as an asshole that way. Although I can kind of get where he was coming from, but at the same time, like to just straight up block the move, and just <laughs> and after blocking him from you know move from a job that he wanted, tell him tells him to go find another job. Like that's a dick move to say the least. And it does not really get any better for him. The the article goes to, goes on to say. Um, this was actually what prompted the investigation that ultimately led to his firing. Because they started, um, they, the organization started doing an investigation on how um, Rosas runs the organization. And it came out that a vocal portion of staffers really didn't like the way he treated people and disagreed with a lot of his, a lot of his decisions. Now, we'll get into the main one, but... Like he worked uh, staff long hours without them, the, the staffers, feeling like their work factored into decisions. Uh, although he does have defenders where they say that, you know, the stresses, it wasn't like his fault. It wasn't the main issue wasn't him. And it was a lot of a lot of it was the pandemic and the pressure that the that the ownership group, especially with, you know, a rod and. I forgot who the other guy is that just bought the Timberwolves. Like they wanted to basically put on a winning product and it kind of forced Ro Rosas's hand in just, you know, pressure making the workers work long and crazy hours. Apparently they haven't had a summer break in like two years was like what one of the staffers said. Jeez, what, what were they doing then? <laughs> like just all Timberwolves stuff then? I guess like analytics, uh, like they don't specify, but they do work staff long hours and maybe like stat, like you know, scouting and stuff like that. Um, mm. Yeah, they didn't specify, but it was like long and stringent hours. 
And, you know, they did say, like, a lot of people said it was a collaborative environment, but very tense. Uh, man. I mean, looking at what the Timberwolves are now, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it has done much for the organization other than, you know, just working these guys however many hours. Man, two years without any I mean, sort I mean, to be fair, they did land some, you know, some scouting gems. Like, I, you know, Jane McDaniels was a guy I loved. Well, I didn't love him going in the draft, but like, you know, he's coming to the NBA and he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nas Reed, you know, like, you know, he absolutely destroyed us last year because for simply being big, mm-hmm. like they, they found gems in there. And maybe that maybe it does pay off a little bit. But like, I mean, it's like it's a, the way they describe it, like it just... It just seems like a, a boss who's an asshole, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Speaking of being an asshole, like, you know, uh, we had talked about this when it happened, but the Ryan Saunders um, situation, like how he was fired. So they they were on a road trip to New York to face the Knicks. And I forgot who I didn't I didn't look up, actually, like what teams they faced afterwards. But it was the first game of a road trip and he was fired after the first game. And to add kind of, I guess, insult to injury, they hired Chris Finch like literally a few days later. So essentially, this is like you uh, basically kicking out your wife or like, you know, your significant other while you're cheating on them. And before they even packed up their bags, you're already in in your house with the with, you know, your mistress or your this man. What what would be the male version of a mistress? I don't know. (laughs) pretty much the girl you uh you cheated on or the or, guy or the guy like the guy. You know, yeah. whatever but like that's basically what it was like they before like they you know ryan saunders even had a chance to you know pick up the scraps they're you they're already in bed with another person like yeah and, chris, and it kind of made chris finch look bad too because like makes him look it makes him look like you know a backstabbing backstabbing asshole for you know taking that job and you know essentially or not orchestrating like i don't know how big of a role he had in it but like to just take another guy's job like that which by the way is a very looked it's a very it's a move that's very looked down upon in the coaching staff in the coaching community like back in the day when uh luke Walton was on the hot seat with the lakers um i think it was jason kidd i think went on the jump and just basic was like campaigning for the lakers job and the coaching uh, i think the union for coaching or like the, the entire coaching coaching community like kind of lambasted him for that. Mm, I see. Well, and, he end- oh, oh, go sorry, go ahead. I mean, he ended up with a job anyway. Now with uh, Dallas, so we'll see how that goes next season. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anyways, but like the Ryan Saunders situation, I thought I thought he was giving a really raw deal just because, like. I, I, I forgot the number of games that he actually had, but it was like single digits number of games in a full season with D'Angelo Russell and uh, and Carl Anthony Towns. And people bring up the fact like, oh, Chris, when Chris Finch took over, their offense exploded. Well, it also coincides with the fact that Carl Anthony Towns was healthy and D'Angelo Russell was healthy. So a lot of people like that I felt were kind of shitting on Ryan San- Saunders just were... I, like I think I think he got handed a raw deal. Like he just never had the guys really, like 
his main guys, his stars, were never healthy mm-hmm. enough to play together. So, like, his coaching looks bad, and, like, his offense looks a little worse, even though Chris Finch did improve the offense. But, like, to blame Ryan Saunders and to fire him for performance issues, which was kind of what the reason that was listed, like, that's some bullshit. Like, it, your guys were injured. What are you supposed to do? What is he, what is he supposed to do? Really nothing. I mean, yeah, they didn't really give him a chance. First off, uh, for like, man, did they even? He, he didn't even have a full season of full healthy guys at uh, the time he was uh, in the Timberwolves, huh? Yeah, he had a very he had a great stretch in the pandemic year where like mm-hmm. they started out really well. If you if you remember, like they were being the although yeah they were being the Nets with Kyrie. They were. I forgot what they started out as, but they started out really well, and then things fell apart when, guess what? Car and the Towns got injured. You know, like, it, it's, I thought he just got a very unfair shake, and it's unfortunate that's how he... That's how the Timberwolves treat the Saunders. Like, I, I don't know if it could have gone any better, but, like, again, it's it was really dirty the way they handled that situation. Yeah, kind of kinda reminds me of a, another team with another coach, and I wonder, I wonder which one. I actually don't know which one. Which one yeah. are you actually talking about? I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking the Kings, but now that I think about it, I don't, uh, I don't think uh. we had. I don't think we had a coach like that where they they weren't given a chance to. Now that I, I think, I mean, it. you mentioned the Kings. I mean, it. I mean, Mike Malone, right? Like they gave yeah, him half a season. That's a while ago. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'd, I really do wish we kept him at the time, but, you know, front office with coaches and things fell, fall, fell apart at that time. And a, and a perfect parallel, guess when things fell apart? When DeMarcus got injured. Oh my <laughs> god, when you when your stars get injured, you, you can't win games. I, I wonder why. I wonder what the correlation is there. But, yeah, it, it, it's dirty and it's not good. And, you know comparing comparing that to the kings of in 2014 like it just shows you what a mess that the front office is mm-hmm. uh there was also a mentioning of firing a longtime scout zarko durisic i think is how you pronounce it uh he was a long he had been working i think for the timberwolves for two decades or it was it was a long time and they basically just fired him or rosas fired him and Basically, it, it just didn't sit well with a lot of people because, you know, um, Rosas Rosas preached Jesus Christ uh, a family approach to running the organization, and here he is just firing a scout out of nowhere for having a different, uh, basically a, a different a different vision than what Zarko was looking at. Like, you know, he basically he really didn't practice what he preached and he definitely again comes off as an asshole and a lying sack of shit <laughs> as we'll keep we'll go into um player agents also have complained about um rosas in that he doesn't keep his promises uh the the main thing the main example that he uh that was listed by shams and john krasinski he promised uh, jordan mclaughlin a, a backup point guard role and that he was going to get minutes he was going to have a well-defined role well, then out of nowhere, he traded for Patrick Beverly and hasn't really talked to him since. I just kind of like, oh, yeah, I got this, uh, you know, I got this new side chick that's, you know, really, really nice. Uh, yeah, you you know, just just go play over there. Yeah, be 
be the third man. <laughs> not third man. What am I saying? The seventh man? The, no, the third, third point unit. on the bench. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not a glamorous spot. And no. Yeah, apparently that rubbed the agents the wrong way and, of course, kind of screwed Jordan McLaughlin a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, also, wonder... oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I'm just wondering if he'll even get any playing time at that point. I mean, I guess they can experiment with three guard lineups. Like, maybe have play him and Beverly together, you know. I'm not, not calling for this, but, like, you know, D'Lo hasn't been healthy the last two seasons. Like, <laughs> maybe he just isn't healthy. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, I I think he he was uh, pretty good last season, in my opinion. And he was all right. So here, here's the funny thing about about the Timberwolves last season. After after Chris Finch took over, the offense exploded, and then defense fell off a cliff. And people brought up the very, very funny fact that their their best players are very bad at defense. Like Carly Towns is a is not a good defender, and D'Lo is you know not a good defender. <laughs> so it's just like they're they're stuck in a weird spot where like their best play their best offensive players are shit on defense, and their best defensive players are very bad on offense. They have a Josh Kogi and. Jared Vanderbilt, I think is his name. I, for, I forgot his name, but something along those lines. Uh, and they're going to have to find a way to balance that out. Mm. Eh, well, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, it's another, I guess you could say, team to look out for uh, uh, to see how things go. Like, similar to how Dallas is going to pan out, maybe, or even uh, Portland. <laughs> we'll see about that, too. Well, the thing is, like, you know, I'm not saying, Car although Carnegie Town should be in, like, you know, just the tier below Luka, but, like, they ha like Dallas has Luka. They'll make the playoff. Mm -hmm. Portland, as long as it doesn't blow up and just as long as Dame doesn't demand a trade, that's a playoff team. You can't mm -hmm. say that about the Wolves. That's the problem. And, you know, we we just, we the Kings just came off a season where we were 10th in, de 10th in offense, which pretty incredible. And somehow, and you know, thirtieth in defense, and look where that gets you—right mm -hmm. outside the play-in. Let's see. Are you, do you think you, uh, we're expecting another? I want. I want. I want to say a rebuild for Timberwolves, but maybe a change of pace or a change of um, how would I say it? Players to fit around Cat and potentially Dwell. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, honestly, I mean, this this will be, I think, a, a year or two down the line. I think they got to trade Cat. I, I just don't think he can be your best player. It's, the mentality just isn't there. And he just, he needs, I think he needs to change the scenery. Just, you know, like ha essentially have a better, have better players around him that can kind of like minimize some of his weaknesses. And, you know, although like, I think they'll be, I think, here's the thing. I think D'Lo and cat fit great on offense the defensive fit is not going to work it's just there's no way for them to be a reputable team mm -hmm. like with those two like it's the same thing kind of with buddy and marvin they're just so bad on defense you cannot play both at the same time mm -hmm. yeah <sighs> well yeah we'll we'll have to see i guess <laughs> Going back to uh, Gerson Rosas being an asshole. Uh, so another very kind of thing that rubbed a lot, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and also pissed off the, a player. 
uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez um, wanted to play for his national team in Spain for the Olympics, but he got he was blocked straight up by Gerson Rosas. I I forgot what the exact reason was. Maybe there wasn't a listed reason, but he just did not want him to, want Juancho to play in in for Spain. And you know Juancho was really pissed. And guess what? He ended up trading him to I don't even I think the Grizzlies. Man. Okay, <laughs> man, not playing for your home country, jeez. I think it might be an injury like issue. Maybe like he just. But, well, the thing is, if players play in the in the Olympics, it usually just doesn't give them, give them much rest time. I remember a few years ago, like some people, like some Sixers fans, were complaining about uh, Darko, Darko, uh, Dario Saric, <laughs> um, playing in the Olympics, and like he came back to the Sixers and he just had no legs. Just because he it mainly because he did yeah he no i think he played in a, a tournament for serbia or something and he just did not have a lot of energy when it came when he first came back to the 76ers and yeah there, there is that concern but to straight up block your player from playing for the for their national team which means a lot to these countries like yeah that's scummy man yeah especially since we're now having a, a full season and a longer rest time and you know actual training camp i i think it could pan out better uh for players coming into olympics and coming back to the nba but oh man yeah that, it's real scummy just to just thinking about it man and if you're wondering if he what he has to say for his actions uh he has said to reporters that you know most GMs would do the same thing, whether it's this Juancho uh, situation or the Gupta situation, like blocking him from going to the Rockets. He has said that most GMs in his position would do the exact same thing. So, you know, when in doubt, go to the what aboutism. Like, what about that? What about that guy? He would have done the same thing to you. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm not the only asshole. Everyone's an asshole. Do you think Monty would do that if uh, we had a Olympian? Oh, I hope not. That'd be tough. I hope he does it. I don't know. I can't. I wouldn't be able to defend it. Like, this is a dick move. Although, although I would try, unfortunately. I, I That's a sad thing I would have to admit. I would try. It was like, well, he, you know, you, you want you want him to rest. Like, you know, you don't want him to get hurt during the season, do you? Like, you know. Like, what, about, I, what about what about this? What about that? Yeah, I know. Like, if I were to imagine, let's just say Fox was playing for the Olympics and Monty says no. I mean, uh, he has been playing 40 minutes a game last season, almost. And I don't know how it's going to pan out for um, next season, which I'm hoping it's going to be a lot less with Davion in the mix. But yeah, just not allowing players like a chance, especially Fox, if, if you know, theoretically becomes a first time Olympian. That I mean, when's the next chance he's ever going to get that kind of chance? I mean, I think Monty would let him just because, like, I'm looking at. I mean, to be fair, they're they're much higher profile players, and KD mm, did yeah. miss. KD did miss most of the season, but KD played, like yeah. Devin Booker played, mm-hmm. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday played. Like, yeah, I, sure. I I like to think most GMs aren't assholes, and I hope Monty is one. It, it, it isn't an asshole, is what I mean. Well, like, yeah, <laughs> I imagine he they, he will let him play. Um, okay, well, in summary, uh, the the 
the athletic basically details like he Gerson Rosas was brought in to basically heal the situation and basically pick up the scraps from the Thib- Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler era which oh my god um but mounting but mounting pressures from the pandemic and ownership created a really tense environment and it just became unworkable um his approach which was basically i gotta do what i gotta do but not everyone's gonna agree with me but the ends would justify the means type approach yeah it just didn't it just didn't sit well with a lot of people and you know unfortunately he'll never really be able to see he won't be able to see his uh, vision come to fruition as you know sashin gupta is probably gonna head in a different direction than he did was basically building around Cat and Cat uh, and Delo, mm-hmm. and yeah, and on, and also they they kind of mentioned this, although it's not the focus of the, of the uh, of the article. Although I've listened to a few um, Timberwolves podcasts, and this was actually a real thing behind the scenes that was an issue, and some people are even kind of implying it might have actually been the reason why he was fired. So it was reported by multiple sources. Rosas, Rosas, who is a married man, was having an affair with a member of the organization who was not his wife, which made a lot of other staffers very uncomfortable. It, apparently, it was so, I guess, blatant and just so out there that they were actually spotted at a Twins game. And if you guys don't know the Minnesota Twins, that's the baseball team. Mm-hmm. And a lot and people are speculating it's not reported of course but like this was this was kind of the straw that broke the broke the camel's back and it's why that this like firing him before training camp it's such that's such weird timing of this uh of this firing (laughs) yeah that's a man you were building up to this point (laughs) with all the uh, cheating and stuff jeez oh man that's a that's a wow yeah he he definitely should have been out there sooner if uh if this is all those cases so so while while this might actually legitimately be the reason why because of just like the pr nightmare that that this could be Mm -hmm. uh, john krasinski uh, you know up the for for the uh the minnesota yeah the actually the entire minnesota like uh writer for the athletic like he clarified that he was on his way out like it he it was going to happen probably in the middle of the season but this problem this you know cheating scandal uh this basically expedited the process and you know things were not things were not sustainable and it was going to happen sooner or later but the the sudden the sudden timing of it yeah it does kind of throw things into flux a little bit and uh unfortunately that this legitimately might be the reason why he was fired uh yeah to be honest i wouldn't be surprised i mean with all the things you already listed and talked about it's just building up to a pretty much a bomb (laughs) you're just building a bomb to uh get yourself fired at this point and man yeah i wonder how this will all pan out now since uh i guess you could say it's a fresh slate after what all zas has done well, I'm I'm interested in what the, what this does to the uh, Ben Simmons chatter because mm-hmm. Rosas was very unwilling to include D'Lo in the trade because he wanted uh, to see D'Lo play with Simmons, which uh, uh, sure sure okay, but like 
so th does this change their does this change their stance on the D'Lo on the D'Lo thing? And <laughs> honestly, do the Sixers want D'Lo? Like, I, I think he would fit. I, I, honestly, I think anyone fits better than fits better with uh Embiid than Simmons. So like, he would be an upgrade. But is it enough of an upgrade, like, for them to win a title? Probably not, in my opinion. I don't think so either. So like it's it is like you know you you put Pepper in Malik Beasley like is, is that really gonna do it for you like uh so that so it might be interesting to keep an eye on that um also just to just to kind of end kind of basically end this report apparently another a former Wolves assistant who is an assistant on another on another NBA team right now apparently also had an intimate. Uh, encounter in air quotes with someone on the wolf staff as well so uh, okay. I, i'm not sure why that was included but like it just was in the article but so yeah. uh, <laughs> was he was he also married well did they even uh, say his name or his or her name they, they did not they did not name the person but it was just, see. so yeah great so. great guy great guys or girls who you know if this is a female assistant who knows but yeah that, that happened uh, yeah, so I guess that this uh, this kind of leads to the ultimate question. Um, does this, do you think this actually affects the Wolves this season? I mean, to be honest, I I think it will uh, by a substantial amount. I'm not sure, but in some way, I think mentally something's going to happen especially with the players and you have mentioned that cat has tweeted out like what what is this what's <laughs> what the fuck like i i feel like in some way something's gonna pop up uh within this team and maybe there might be major moves uh i don't know when i don't know uh what will happen it's it'll be very interesting I I'm I'm kind of mixed on this. I mean, again, it does not bode well that Cat tweeted out what the fuck. Cause yeah. Again, like this. Again, this came out of absolutely nowhere and literally, but before training camp, like there, you know, the the players are going to be answering questions about this on Monday when uh media when it's media day, <laughs> and it's going to be a bit of a distraction for a bit. But ultimately, I, unless Cat demands a trade, I don't think it actually really does anything really because like the you know the front office like a lot of time i don't think has a direct effect right away on the product on the product on the court like if players are being moved sure but i don't see unless a simmons trade is going to happen i don't think it's going to have much of a substantial effect on the wolves on the court mm, i mean i see behind the scenes maybe it might be just weird behind maybe. the scenes yeah maybe but yeah, so, so far uh, from what I've seen, I think Wolves are pretty much like I think top three prospects for Ben Simmons at the moment. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think Rockets is another one, and I, don't, I forgot the third. Rockets. I don't Rockets. know what. What? I, don't, I, I I read an article saying Rockets are a potential, but you know, throwing uh, whatever from what the Rockets have for Ben Simmons, it's kind of. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird, I guess. I guess they have the assets, you could say. What assets? <laughs> John, is John Wall an asset? What? They were like, that's what that's what you're talking about. I mean, they, I guess they have Eric Gordon, who's good. But you still need stuff. Like, would you consider Christian Wood in that trade? Oh yeah, 
Well, yeah, Duke, Duke Christian win that trade. I don't think they'll get it. I don't think they'll get it done. But you know, it'll definitely not uh, work out for the Sixers and like contending for a, a championship for sure. But in terms of stuff, I for some reason they're top three when I last saw. Do you remember what art or what website this is from? I don't know. Don't quote me on this. It might be Bleacher Report, but I, you know, probably was. Yeah, it probably yeah. Bleacher Report's been wild lately. Although yeah, I can yeah, see I why. Now that you mentioned, the, now that we mentioned the players, like Eric Gordon is still good. Christian mm-hmm. Wood is. I don't know, but like he might be good. Yeah. Um. Who? Like they're 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 trying to tank. Like that that's not. They're trying to go with the young guys. They already had the John Wall situation where basically he's he's not really he's not gonna play. Like he's not in their plans and they're looking to trade him. Good luck. <laughs> but like I, I I don't know. I, I don't think the Rockets would be in there. I think honestly I think Sack I honestly think the Kings have a better chance of getting landing Simmons than the Rockets, but I don't know. Yep. Well, we haven't heard news about the Kings in the trade talks in a while, so. I, I will say, you know, it's, you know, the, the silence is deafening, and sometimes it, it's always the team that gets that gets the trade is usually a team you don't expect. And I I don't know if I've said this on the air, and I swear I'm not copying this. This is an original idea that I thought of. I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one who thought of it, but I definitely did think of this idea. I think Denver is a really good uh, dark horse to actually get them or get Simmons. Ooh, who are you thinking of trading then? Michael Porter. Not not one on one though. Not one on one. You would have to include Will Barton and the, those yeah. guys as well. But like, I think I think that's how you get it done. It's yep. like like Michael Porter is really good. Mm-hmm. The issue the the reason why I think the Nuggets would want to get rid of him. He's already having back issues, and yeah, uh, and during his, the reason why he fell in the draft was because pe- teams looked at his medicals and said, "Oh God!" It, <laughs> and basically, think of it this way: it scared Vlade off of drafting for him because we really wanted, like Vlade really wanted to draft Michael Porter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it was that bad, man. <laughs> and and yeah. he and he was hampered in last year's playoffs, so like that shit might actually start flaring up soon. Mm, yeah, I see what you mean. Ooh, that'd be a pretty interesting team to see Denver include Ben Simmons like that. Ooh. And I think you know I always thought like you know it's I think Simmons could find a way to make or no, Jokic could make a, could make Simmons work. Like, yeah. It's so hard to double. Jokic, so, so like you can actually hide Ben Simmons under the basket, and that would actually be an effective place for him because Jokic is such a good passer, he'll find him there. Mm-hmm. That that's interesting. Yeah, that'll be a good team. I'd say I'd say top three. In I mean, the depend if Jamal Murray is healthy, which he should be yeah, when he comes I, back. But. I'm hoping so because we missed him a lot last season. Yeah. Or not we, but Denver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like to see how that works, but you know, let, let's see if it happens. They, I mean, they really seem to like their guys, and I don't think it will happen. Like, I don't. I think they really like Michael Porter Jr. I yeah. mean, if I were them, I would be worried about that back. Or maybe they know something I don't. 
yeah maybe they fixed it somehow <laughs> we'll have to see yeah okay well to end the timberwolf session or section uh let's just quickly just summarize everything um or not summarize everything i guess the ultimate question so we talked about delo a lot and you know they traded away basically what ended up being jonathan kaminga and andrew wiggins for him do you think they won that trade with the Warriors? Like, who do you think won the, won the trade? The Warriors or the Wolves? Oh, de- definitely the Warriors. Definitely. I mean, yeah. Like, D'Lo is a better player than Wiggins, but Wiggins mm-hmm. provides things that help a good team. Now, of course, that contract is awful. And, but, yeah. and you know, he's... We'll talk about it later, but, like, he's going to be... Like he he serves a need on the Warriors and on a good team, and like he was one of the better perimeter defenders in the league last year. Like mm-hmm. he like he legitimately pissed off LeBron during the play-in game for just guarding him so well. Like you know, and of course like you just have to look past the contract. He is a serviceable player, on and you know D'Lo while he's a much better scorer and overall better player than um, Andrew Wiggins, he, he doesn't play defense. You know is not really good off the ball and just you know just not what just wasn't what the warriors needed and of course the warriors got the pick that again ended up being jonathan kaminga not to say that'll break anything i don't know if kaminga's gonna be any good but like yeah man you you basically got you got your team somehow got worse and you lost the draft pick yeah i pretty wait good traffic too especially with like the guys that were coming out this year's draft too so yeah if hmm, i actually wonder what what would the wolves draft if uh you know things stayed the same with between that trade i think they draft kaminga like it was mm-hmm. actually a shocker that kaminga was at there at seven because um oklahoma city drafted josh giddy um mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean it was that this draft was a huge shock for a lot of. <laughs> well, here's the thing that it's like that with every draft that I've noticed. Like again, Patrick Williams was slated to go anywhere from like, you know, eight to twelve, and he ended up getting drafted four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things where like we were. I think teams see these players, interview these players, get them in their gym, and they just fall in love with some players. Like Scotty Barnes was supposed to go to Orlando. Like everywhere I everywhere I read, he was like the, gonna be the fifth pick. Well, apparently Toronto just loves Scotty Barnes and just decided to pass on Jalen Suggs. Like like most scouts, most people online who are most national writers were saying Jalen Suggs is the guy. But you know they got Scott Toronto got Scotty Barnes in their gym and they're like that's our guy. Mm-hmm. It just happens every year. Mm-hmm. You know depending on what the wolves think i mean they're not in they're not exactly in a position to say draft or fit they they needed talent and kaminga's talent mm-hmm. so i assume oh, yeah. they would have i assume they would have drafted kaminga no matter what oh yeah i mean same goes for the kings i didn't expect to draft tyrese or davion at all so yep. perfect yeah perfect example there like so many teams could have used uh could have used tyrese like you think the you think the suns could have used them in the finals or the Knicks. <laughs> oh yeah, the Knicks. Oh yeah, those Knicks. I mean, they got they got Obi Toppin. Yeah, it was. I mean, they did salvage it a little bit by getting uh, Emmanuel quickly. 
you know, he's good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's great. But, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, Tyrese. like, I mean, Stephen A. Stephen A. wanted a Tyrese, so that's what, that's yeah. basically his ver- <laughs> his version of Ryan Hollins's Luca pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, hello, welcome to episode 113 of Sack King's Therapy, or in this case, it'll be Timberwolves Therapy. Um, this will be this episode is going to be called. I am your podcast host Owen, of course, and with me, the very scary and very let's just say busy Fong. And yeah, here he is. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep, back and, again. And the reason why I say busy fall was I was planning on recording this on a Saturday or, you know, just someday on the weekend when my schedule kind of opens up. Um, but he texted me last night and just said, all right, I ain't got time for you. Uh, let's do this tomorrow. And I'm like, OK. And basically, <laughs> I've said he's on the Brock Lesnar uh, schedule. Well, he well, he basically pulled a Brock Lesnar. He just came back out of nowhere and said, I want the championship my time. And unfortunately, fortunately, at least he's not crazy enough to bring me to Saudi Arabia, but he's just about getting to that getting on that power trip. So let's hope uh, he calms down. Um, I'm talking like he's not here, but yeah. Um, so we are recording this on a Friday instead. And um, as for King's news, there isn't that much, although we will get into some uh, King's news and how our main topic today, the Timberwolves firing uh Gerson Rosas, how it actually kind of relates to the Kings, weirdly enough. So, yeah, um, before we get into it, Fong, I have a question for you. Uh, big dogs or small dogs? Ooh, wait, actual dogs? <laughs> yes, yes, actual dogs. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a small. So am I. I'm a small dog guy. I do love me a husky. I don't want to own one, though. Okay, well, that uh, that question out of the way, let's get started. Uh, so, our main topic for today's episode, Gerson Rosas was fired from his uh, president of basketball, oper- bra- basketball operations. Jesus, I'll wow, my words this early already. But he was basically fired out of nowhere, and like a week before training camp starts. So that basically... You know, kind of drowned out a bit of the a bit of the Simmons news, although the Simmons news is still very prominent because Timberwolves are a um, are a team that is you know thirsting for Ben Simmons right now. But he was fired out of nowhere, and Carl Anthony Towns basically just tweeted out, "What the fuck?" Which boy, that does not bode well for that situation. But an article came out uh, very short, I think only a few hours after the firing, and apparently. The situation behind the scenes had been very bad, and it was building to this. And we'll get into some of the reasons and what will probably actually be the actual reason that he was fired. But uh, let's start with someone who was kind of who was kind of linked to the Kings, just to kind of keep the um, you know Sacramento Kings kind of involved in this episode. Sashin Gupta, you remember him, Fong? Yeah, actually, actually vaguely remember him uh, right uh, around the time when. Uh... Oh wow, it, it, it has been a while, huh? So, yeah. for, well, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh no, 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 keep on going. 
Well, for those of you that don't remember who Sashin Gupta is, Sashin Gupta, I believe, is assistant general manager or general manager. I don't remember what his position is on the Timberwolves. But uh, when the Kings were looking for a general manager last year, he was one of the finalists. And he was the guy that created the uh, the, MB- the ESPN trade machine. And as, as very important, that has to be mentioned, he went to MIT. Now, of course, I forgot to mention that Monty McNair went to Princeton, which is just as good. I think, right? But yeah, <laughs> you know, Gupta did go to MIT. is a very is a very analytics heavy guy, and was actually kind of the front runner for for much of the process until kind of Monty just took the job. Um, so there apparently had been a lot of tension building up between Rosas and Gupta uh, up to the firing. So the first, the main thing that happened that caused all the tension was Gupta wanted to join the Rockets. I in believe it was either august or july uh, and during that time um rosas basically blocked that deal he did not let him go to the rockets and apparently and this might not be that important but it was a lateral move it, he wasn't getting a pro- promotion or wasn't gonna be like it wasn't a promotion but he was gonna get increased pay but rosas blocked that move like straight up said i'm not gonna let you go because they were deep into their draft process and they wanted to he basically didn't want Gupta to go over to the Rockets with all their intel, essentially, and just block the move. Now, that understandably caused a lot of tension uh, between the two parties, and it got so bad that, <laughs> that um, in, let's see, did I write it down here? Okay, it, it didn't say what month, but like later on during the offseason, he banned uh, Rosas, I mean, banned Gupta from actually going into Timberwolves offices was how bad it got. And he just straight up told him, apparently, to just just go find another job, after, you know, a month after he blocked him from going to the Rockets. So, yeah, great relationship there. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh... I don't know how I would feel if I were a Timberwolves fan, but doesn't sound too great. Let's just say. Yeah, yeah. Rosas definitely comes off as an asshole that way. Although I can kind of get where he was coming from, but at the same time, like to just straight up block the move and just <laughs> and after blocking him from you know move from a job that he wanted, tell him tells him to go find another job. Like that's a dick move to say the least. And it does not really get any better for him. The, the article goes to, goes on to say, um, this was actually what prompted the investigation that ultimately led to his firing. Because they started, um, they, the organization started doing an investigation on how um, Rosas runs the organization. And it came out that a vocal portion of staffers really didn't like the way he treated people and disagreed with a lot of his, a lot of his decisions. Now, we'll get into the main one, but like he worked uh staff long hours without them the the staffers feeling like their work factored into decisions uh although he does have defenders where they say that you know the stresses it wasn't like his fault it wasn't the main issue wasn't him and it was a lot of a lot of it was the pandemic and the pressure that the that the ownership group especially with you know a rod and I forgot who the other guy is that just bought the Timberwolves. Like they wanted to basically put on a winning product, and it kind of forced Ro- Rosas's hand in just 
you know, pressure making the workers work long and crazy hours. Apparently, they haven't had a summer break in like two years. Was like what one of the staffers said. Jeez, what what were they doing then? <laughs> like just all Timberwolves stuff then? I guess like analytics, uh, like they don't specify, but they do work staff long hours and maybe like stat, like you know, scouting and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they didn't specify, but it was like long and stringent hours. And, you know, they did say like a lot of people said it was a collaborative environment, but very tense. Uh, man, I mean, looking at what the Timberwolves are now, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it has done much for the organization other than, you know, just working these guys however many hours man two years without any I mean, sort i mean to be fair they did land some you know some scouting gems like I, you know jane mcdaniels was a guy i loved well i didn't love him going in the draft but like you know he's coming to the nba and he's gonna be good mm-hmm. and you know nas reed you know, like you know he absolutely destroyed us last year because for simply being big mm-hmm. like they, they found gems in there and maybe that maybe it does pay off a little bit but like i mean it's like the way they describe it like it just it just seems like a, a boss who's an asshole for sure oh yeah for sure speaking of being an asshole like you know uh, we had talked about this when it happened but the ryan saunders um situation like how he was fired so they they were on a road trip to new york to face the knicks and i forgot who i didn't i didn't look up actually like what teams they faced afterwards but it was the first game of a road trip and he was fired after the first game and and to add kind of i guess insult to injury they hired chris finch like literally a few days later so essentially this is like you uh, basically kicking out your wife or like you know your significant other while you're cheating on them and before they even packed up their bags, you're already in in your house with the with you know your mistress or your this man. What would be the male version of a mistress? I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much the girl you uh, you cheated on. Or the or, guy. Or the guy. Like the guy. You know, yeah. whatever. But like that's basically what it was. Like they before like they you know Ryan Saunders even had a chance to you know pick up the scraps. They're you, they're already in bed with another person. Like yeah. And cr- and it kind of made Chris Finch look bad too, because like makes him look, it makes him look like you know, a backstabbing, backstabbing asshole for you know taking that job and you know essentially or not orchestrating. Like I don't know how big of a role he had in it, but like to just take another guy's job like that, which by the way is a very looked, it's a very, it's a move that's very looked down upon in the coaching staff in the coaching community. Like back in the day when uh, Luke Walton was on the hot seat with the Lakers, um, I think it was Jason Kidd. I think went on the jump and just basic was like campaigning for the Lakers job and the coaching. Uh, I think the union for coaching or like the the entire coaching coaching community like kind of lambasted him for that. Mm, I see. Well, and, he end- oh. Oh, go Sorry, go ahead. I mean, he ended up with a job anyway. Now with uh, Dallas, so we'll see how that goes next season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> Any, anyways but like the ryan saunders situation i thought he, i thought he was giving a really raw deal just because like 
I, I, I forgot the number of games that he actually had, but it was like single digits number of games in a full season with D'Angelo Russell and uh, and Carl Anthony Towns. And people bring up the fact like, oh, Chris, went, Chris when Chris Finch took over, their offense exploded. Well, it also coincides with the fact that Carl Anthony Towns was healthy and D'Angelo Russell was healthy. So a lot of people like that I felt were kind of shitting on Ryan San- Saunders just were... I, like I think I think he got handed a raw deal like he just never had the guys really like his main guys his stars were never healthy mm-hmm. enough to play together so like his coaching looks bad and like his offense looks a little worse even though Chris Finch did improve the offense but like to blame Ryan Saunders and to fire him for performance issues which was kind of what the reason that was listed like that's some bullshit like it, your guys were injured what are you supposed to do what is he what is he supposed to do really nothing i mean yeah they didn't really give him a chance first off uh for like man did they even he, he didn't even have a full season of full healthy guys at uh the time he was uh in the timberwolves huh yeah he had a very he had a great stretch in the pandemic year where like mm-hmm. they started out really well if you if you remember like they were being the although yeah they were being the nets with Kyrie. they were I forgot what they started out as, but they started out really well, and then things fell apart when, guess what? Carr and the Towns got injured. You know, like, it, it's, I thought he just got a very unfair shake, and it's unfortunate that's how he... That's how the Timberwolves treat the Saunders. Like, I, I don't know if it could have gone any better, but, like, again, it's it was really dirty the way they handled that situation. Yeah, kind of kind of reminds me of a, another team with another coach, and I wonder, I wonder which one. I actually don't know which one. Which one yeah. are you actually talking about? I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking the Kings, but now that I think about it, I don't, uh, I don't think uh. we had. I don't think we had a coach like that where they they weren't given a chance to. Now that I, I think, I mean, it. you mentioned the Kings. I mean, it. I mean, Mike Malone, right? Like they gave yeah, him half a season. That's a while ago. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I really do wish we kept him at the time, but, you know, front office with coaches and things fell, fall, fell apart at that time. And a, and a perfect parallel, guess when things fell apart? When DeMarcus got injured. Oh my <laughs> god, when, you, when your stars get injured, you, you can't win games. I, I wonder why. I wonder what the correlation is there. But, yeah, it, it, it's dirty and it's not good. And, you know comparing comparing that to the kings of in 2014 like it just shows you what a mess that the front office is mm-hmm. uh there was also a mentioning of firing a longtime scout zarko durisic i think is how you pronounce it uh he was a long he had been working i think for the timberwolves for two decades or it was it was a long time and they basically just fired him or rosas fired him and Basically, it, it just didn't sit well with a lot of people because, you know, um, Rosas Rosas fe- preached Jesus Christ uh, a family approach to running the organization, and here he is just firing a scout out of nowhere for having a different, uh, basically a, a different a different vision than what Zarko was looking at. Like, you know, he basically he really didn't practice what he preached and he definitely again comes off as an asshole and a lying sack of shit <laughs> as we'll keep we'll go into 
Um, player agents also have complained about um, Rosas in that he doesn't keep his promises. Uh, the the main thing, the main example that he uh, that was listed by Shams and John Krasinski, he promised uh, Jordan McLaughlin a, a backup point guard role and that he was going to get minutes and he was going to have a well-defined role. Well, then out of nowhere, he traded for Patrick Beverly and hasn't really talked to him since. I just kind of like, oh, yeah, I got this, uh, you know, I got this new side chick that's, you know, really, really nice. Uh, yeah, you you know, just just go play over there. Yeah, be be the third man. <laughs> Not third man. What am I saying? The seventh man? No, the third, third point on the bench. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not a glamorous spot. And no. yeah, apparently that rubbed the agents the wrong way and, of course, kind of screwed Jordan McLaughlin a little bit. Uh, yeah, also, wonder... oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I'm just wondering if he'll even get any playing time at that point. I mean, I guess they can experiment with three guard lineups. Like maybe have play him and Beverly together. You know, I'm not, not calling for this, but like. You know, D'Lo hasn't been healthy the last two seasons. Like, <laughs> maybe he just isn't healthy. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, I I think he he was uh, pretty good last season, in my opinion. And he was all right. So here is the funny thing about about those Timberwolves last season. After after Chris Finch took over, the offense exploded, and then defense fell off a cliff. And people brought up the very, very funny fact that their their best players are very bad at defense. Like Carly Towns is a is not a good defender, and D'Lo is you know not a good defender. <laughs> so it's just like they're they're stuck in a weird spot where like their best play their best offensive players are shit on defense, and their best defensive players are very bad on offense. They have a Josh Kogi and. Jared Vanderbilt, I think is his name. I, for, I forgot his name, but something along those lines. Uh, and they're going to have to find a way to balance that out. Mm. Eh, well, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, it's another, I guess you could say, team to look out for uh, uh, to see how things go. Like Similar to how Dallas is going to pan out, maybe, or even uh, Portland. <laughs> we'll see about that, too. Well, the thing is, like, you know, I'm not saying, Carl, although Carlton Town should be in, like, you know, just the tier below Luca, but, like, they have, like, Dallas has Luca. They'll make the playoff. Mm-hmm. Portland, as long as it doesn't blow up and just, as long as Dame doesn't demand a trade, that's a playoff team. You can't mm-hmm. say that about the Wolves, is the problem. And, you know, we, we just, we the Kings just came off a season where we were 10th in, de- 10th in offense, which was pretty incredible. And somehow, and you know, thirtieth in defense, and look where that gets you, mm-hmm. right outside the play. Let's see. Are you, do you think you, uh, we're expecting another? I want. I want. I want to say a rebuild for Timberwolves, but maybe a change of pace or a change of um, how would I say it? Players to fit around Cat and potentially Dwell. Well, here's the thing. Honestly. I mean, this this will be, I think, a, a year or two down the line. I think they got to trade Cat. I just don't think he can be your best player. It's, the mentality just isn't there. And he just, he needs, I think he needs to change the scenery. Just, you know, like ha- essentially have a better, have better players around him that can kind of like minimize some of his weaknesses. And, you know, although like, I think they'll be, I think, here's the thing. I think D'Lo and 
cat fit great on offense the defensive fit is not going to work it's just there's no way for them to be a reputable team mm-hmm. like, with those two like it's the same thing kind of with buddy and marvin they're just so bad on defense you cannot play both at the same time mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> well yeah we'll we'll have to see i guess <laughs> Going back to uh, Gerson Rosas being an asshole. Uh, so another very kind of thing that rubbed a lot rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and also pissed off the, a player. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez um, wanted to play for his national team in Spain for the Olympics, but he got he was blocked straight up by Gerson Rosas. I I forgot what the exact reason was. Maybe there wasn't a listed reason, but he just did not want want Juancho to play. In, in for Spain and you know Juancho was really pissed and guess what he ended up trading him to I don't even I think the Grizzlies man god okay <laughs> man not playing for your home country jeez I think it might be an injury like issue maybe like he just but, well the thing is if players play in the in the Olympics it usually just doesn't give them, give them much rest time I remember a few years ago like some people like some Sixers fans were complaining about uh Darko Darko uh Dario Saric um playing in the Olympics and like he came back to the Sixers and he just had no legs just because he it mainly because he did yeah he no I think he played in a, a tournament for Serbia or something and he just did not have a lot of energy when it came when he first came back to the 76ers and yeah there, there is that concern but to straight up block your player from playing for the for their national team which means a lot to these countries like yeah that's scummy man yeah especially since we're now having a, a full season and a longer rest time and you know actual training camp i i think it could pan out better uh for players coming into olympics and coming back to the nba but oh man yeah that, it's real scummy just to just thinking about it man and if you're wondering if he what he has to say for his actions uh he has said to reporters that you know most gms would do the same thing whether it's this Juancho uh situation or the gupta situation like blocking him from going to the rockets he has said that most gms in his position would do the exact same thing so you know when in doubt go to the what about ism like what about that what about that guy he would have done the same thing to you (laughs) you know i'm I'm not the only asshole everyone's an asshole do you think monty would do that if uh, we had a a olympian oh i hope not that'd be tough i hope he does it i don't know i can't i wouldn't be able to defend it like this is a dick move although, although i would try unfortunately i i that's a sad thing i would have to admit i would try it was like well he you know you, you want you want him to rest like you know you don't want him to get hurt during the season do you like you know like, what about I, what about what about this what about that yeah i know like if i were to imagine let's just say fox was playing for the olympics and monty says no i mean uh, he has been playing 40 minutes a game last season almost and i don't know how it's gonna pan out for um next season which i'm hoping it's gonna be a lot less with davion in the mix but yeah just not allowing players like a chance especially fox if if, you know theoretically becomes a first time olympian that i mean when's the next chance he's ever gonna get that kind of chance 
I mean, I think Monty would let him just because, like, I'm looking at. I mean, to be fair, they're they're much higher profile players, and KD mm, did yeah. miss. KD did miss most of the season, but KD played. Like yeah. Devin Booker played. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday played. Like, yeah. I, sure. I I like to think most GMs aren't assholes, and I hope Monty is one. It, it, it isn't an asshole, is what I mean. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> I imagine he they, he will let him play. Um, okay, well, in summary, uh, the uh, <clears throat> the athletic basically details like he Gerson Rosas was brought in to basically heal the situation and basically pick up the scraps from the Tip Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler era, which oh my god. Um, but mounting but mounting pressures from the pandemic and ownership created a really tense environment and it just became unworkable. Um, his approach, which was basically, I gotta do what I gotta do, but not everyone's gonna agree with me, but the ends will justify the means type approach. Yeah, it just didn't, it just didn't sit well with a lot of people. And, you know, unfortunately, he'll never really be able to see, he won't be able to see his uh, vision come to fruition as, you know, Sajin Gupta is probably gonna head in a different direction than he did was basically building around Cat and Cat uh, and Delo, mm-hmm. and yeah, and on, and also they they kind of mentioned this, although it's not the focus of of the uh, of the article. Although I've listened to a few um, Timberwolves podcasts, and this was actually a real thing behind the scenes that was an issue, and some people are even kind of implying it might have actually been the reason why he was fired. So it was reported by multiple sources. Rosas, Rosas, who is a married man, was having an affair with a member of the organization who was not his wife, which made a lot of other staffers very uncomfortable. It, apparently, it was so, I guess, blatant and just so out there that they were actually spotted at a Twins game. And if you guys don't know the Minnesota Twins, that's the baseball team. Mm-hmm. And a lot and. People are speculating. It's not reported, of course, but like this was this was kind of the straw that broke the broke the camel's back, and it's why that this like firing him before training camp. It's such that's such weird timing of this uh, of this firing. Ew, ew. <laughs> yeah, that's a man. You were building up to this point <laughs> with all the uh, cheating and stuff. Jeez, oh man. That's a that's a wow yeah he he definitely should have been out there sooner if uh if this is all those cases. So so while while this might actually legitimately be the reason why because of just like the PR nightmare that that this could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Krasinski, uh, you know, up the for, for the uh the Minnesota, yeah the actually the entire Minnesota like uh writer for the Athletic like. He clarified that he was on his way out. Like it, he, it was going to happen probably in the middle of the season, but this problem, this you know cheating scandal, uh, this basically expedited the process. And you know things were not things were not sustainable, and it was going to happen sooner or later. But the the sudden the sudden timing of it, yeah, it does kind of throw things into flux a little bit. And uh, unfortunately, that this legitimately might be the reason why he was fired. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, with all the things you already listed and talked about, it's just building up to a pr- pretty much a bomb. 
you're just building a bomb to uh, get yourself fired at this point. And man, yeah, I wonder how this will all pan out now since uh, I guess you could say it's a fresh slate after what all Zas has done. Well, I'm, I'm interested in what, the, what this does to the uh, Ben Simmons chatter because mm-hmm. Rosas was very unwilling to include D'Lo in the trade because he wanted uh, to see D'Lo play with Simmons, which, uh, sure, sure. Okay. But like, so th- does this change their does this change their stance on the D'Lo on the D'Lo thing? And <laughs> honestly, do the Sixers want D'Lo? Like, I, I think he would fit. I, I, honestly, I think anyone fits better than it's better with uh Embiid than Simmons so like he would be an upgrade but is it enough of an upgrade like for them to win a title probably not in my opinion I don't think so either so like it's it is like you know you you put Pepper in Malik Beasley like is, is that really gonna do it for you like uh so that so it might be interesting to keep an eye on that um also just to just to kind of end to basically end this report apparently another a former wolves assistant who is an assistant on another on another nba team right now apparently also had an intimate uh encounter in air quotes with someone on the wolf staff as well so uh, okay. I, i'm not sure why that was included but like it just was in the article but so yeah. uh, <laughs> was he was he also married well did they even uh, say his name or his or her name they, they did not they did not name the person but it was I just see. oh yeah great so, great guy great guys or girls who you know if this is a female assistant who knows but yeah that, that happened uh yeah so i guess that this uh, this kind of leads to the ultimate question um does this do you think this actually affects the wolves this season, I mean. To be honest, I I think it will. Uh, by a substantial amount, I'm not sure, but in some way, I think mentally, something's gonna happen, especially with the players. And you have mentioned that Cat has tweeted out like, "What, what is this? What's <laughs> what the fuck?" Like, I I feel like in some way, something's gonna pop up. Uh, within this team and maybe there might be major moves uh, down the line. I don't know uh, what will happen. It's It'll be very interesting. I, I'm I'm kind of mixed on this. I mean, again, it does not bode well that Cat tweeted out what the fuck. Cause, yeah. Again, like this, again, this came out of absolutely nowhere and literally before training camp, like, there you know the the players are going to be answering questions about this on monday when uh media when it's media day <laughs> and it's going to be a bit of a distraction for a bit but ultimately I, unless cat demands a trade i don't think it actually really does anything like really because like the you know the front office like a lot of time i don't think has a direct effect right away on the product on the product on the court like if players are being moved sure but i don't see unless a simmons trade is going to happen i don't think it's going to have much of a substantial effect on the wolves on the court mm, i mean i see behind the scenes maybe it might be just weird behind maybe. the scenes yeah maybe but yeah so, so far uh from what i've seen i think wolves are pretty much like i think top three prospects for ben simmons at the moment 
if I remember correctly, I think Rockets is another one, and oh, I forgot the third. Rockets? I don't Rockets. know what. What? I, don't, I, I, I read an article saying Rockets are a potential, but, you know, throwing uh, whatever from what the Rockets have for Ben Simmons, it's kind of... Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, I guess. I guess they have the assets, you could say. What assets? <laughs> John, is John Wall an asset? What? They were, like, that's what that's what you're talking about. I mean, they, I guess they have Eric Gordon, who's good. But you still need stuff. Like, Would you consider Christian Wood in that trade? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, do, do Christian Wood in that trade. I don't, think he'll get you, I don't think he'll get it done, but, you know. It'll definitely not... Uh, work out for the Sixers and like contending for a, a championship for sure but in terms of stuff I for some reason they're top free when I last saw do you remember what art or what website this is from I don't know don't quote me on this it might be Bleacher Report but I, you know probably was yeah it probably yeah you report them wildly. Although yeah, I can see I why. Now that you mentioned, the, now that we mentioned the players, like Eric Gordon is still good. Christian mm-hmm. Wood is, I don't know, but like he might be good. Yeah. Um, who, like they're they're, they're trying to tank. Like that, that's not. They're trying to go with the young guys. They already had the John Wall situation where, basically, he's he's not really he's not gonna play. Like he's not in their plans, and they're looking to trade him. Good luck. <laughs> but, like. I, I don't know. I, I don't think the Rockets would be in there. I think honestly, I think Sac. I honestly think the Kings have a better chance of getting landing Simmons than the Rockets. But I don't know. Yep. Well, we haven't heard news about the Kings in the trade talks in a while. So I, I will say, you know, it's, you know, the, the silence is deafening, and sometimes it, it's always the team that gets that gets the trade is usually a team you don't expect. And I, I don't know if I've said this on the air, and I swear I'm not copying this. This is an original idea that I thought of. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who thought of it, but I definitely did think of this idea. I think Denver is a really good uh, dark horse to actually get them or get Simmons. Ooh, who are you thinking of trading then? Michael Porter. Not not one-on-one, though. Not one-on-one. You would have to include Will Barton and the, those guys yeah. as well. But like, I think I think that's how you get it done. It's like, like Michael Porter is really good. Mm-hmm. The issue, the the reason why I think the Nuggets would want to get rid of him, that he's already having back issues, and yeah, uh, and during his, the reason why he fell in the draft was because pe- teams looked at his medicals and said, "Oh God," it, <laughs> and basically think of it this way: it scared Vlade off of drafting for him because we really wanted, like Vlade really wanted to draft Michael Porter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it was that bad, man. <laughs> and and yeah. he and he was hampered in last year's playoffs, so like that shit might actually start flaring up soon. Mm, yeah, I see what you mean. Ooh, that'd be a pretty interesting team to see Denver include Ben Simmons like that. Ooh, and I think you know I always thought like you know it's I think Simmons could find a way to make. Or no, Jokic could make up could make Simmons work. Like, yeah, you're, it's so hard to double Jokic. So, so like you can actually hide Ben Simmons under the basket, and that would actually be an effective place for him because Jokic is such a good passer, he'll find him there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, 
that that's interesting yeah that'd be a good team i'd say i'd say top three in I mean, the west depend- if Jamal Murray is healthy, which he should be yeah, when he comes I, back. But. I'm hoping so because we missed him a lot last season. Yeah. Or not we, but Denver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd like to see how that works, but, you know, let, let's see if it happens. They, I mean, they really seem to like their guys, and I don't think it will happen. Like, I, don't, I think they really like Michael Porter Jr. I mean, yeah. if I were them, I would be worried about that back. Or maybe they know something I don't. Yeah, maybe they fixed it somehow. <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah. Okay, well, to end the Timberwolves session or section, uh, let's just quickly just summarize everything. Um, or not summarize everything. I guess the ultimate question. So we talked about D'Lo a lot. And, you know, they traded away basically what ended up being Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins for him. So do you think they won that trade with the Warriors? Like, who do you think won the, won the trade? The Warriors or the Wolves? Oh, de- definitely the Warriors. Definitely. I mean, yeah. Like, D'Lo is a better player than Wiggins, but Wiggins mm-hmm. provides things that help a good team. Now, of course, that contract is awful. And, but, yeah. and you know, he's... We'll talk about it later, but, like, he's going to be... Like, he, he serves a need on the Warriors and on a good team. And, like, he was one of the better perimeter defenders in the league last year like mm-hmm. he like he legitimately pissed off lebron during the play-in game for just guarding him so well like you know and of course like you just have to look past the contract he is a serviceable player on and you know delo while he's a much better scorer and overall better player than um andrew wiggins he, he doesn't play defense you know is not really good off the ball and just you know just not what just wasn't what the warriors needed and of course the warriors got the pick that again ended up being jonathan kaminga not to say that'll break anything i don't know if kaminga's gonna be any good but like yeah man you you basically got you got your team somehow got worse and you lost the draft pick yeah pretty wait good traffic too especially with like the guys that were coming out this year's draft too so yeah if hmm, i actually wonder what what would the wolves draft if uh you know things stayed the same with between that trade i think they draft kaminga like it was mm-hmm. actually a shocker that kaminga was at there at seven because um oklahoma city drafted josh giddy um mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean it was that, that this draft was a huge shock for a lot of. <laughs> well, here's the thing that it's like that with every draft that I've noticed. Like again, Patrick Williams was slated to go anywhere from like, you know, eight to twelve, and he ended up getting drafted four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just one of those things where like we were. I think teams see these players, interview these players, get them in their gym, and they just fall in love with some players. Like Scotty Barnes was supposed to go to Orlando. Like everywhere I everywhere I read, he was like the, gonna be the fifth pick. Well, apparently Toronto just loves Scotty Barnes and just decided to pass on Jalen Suggs. Like like most scouts, most people online who are most national writers were saying Jalen Suggs is the guy. But you know they got Scott Toronto got Scotty Barnes in their gym and they're like that's our guy. Mm-hmm. It just happens every year. Mm-hmm. And, you know depending on what the wolves think i mean they're not in 
they're not exactly in a position to say draft or fit. They they needed talent, and Kaminga's talent. Mm-hmm. So I assume oh, yeah. they would have. I assume they would have drafted Kaminga no matter what. Oh yeah, I mean, same goes for the Kings. I didn't expect to draft Tyrese or Davion at all. So, yep. perfect. Yeah, perfect example there. Like, so many teams could have used uh, could have used Tyrese. Like, you think the you think the Suns could have used them in the finals? Or the Knicks? <laughs> oh yeah, the Knicks. Oh yeah, those Knicks. I mean, they got they got Obi Toppin. Yeah, it was. I mean, they did salvage <laughs> it a little bit by getting uh, Emmanuel quickly. You know, he's good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's great. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, Tyrese. like, I mean, Stephen A. Stephen A. wanted a Tyrese, so that's what, that's yeah, basically yeah. his ver- <laughs> his version of Ryan Hollins' Luca pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>